Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 437, the delayed episode number 437, <laughs> Taking Good Harvest Photos with Clayton Worrell, and I am your co-host and the guy who has about 20 guy who's that he could give you today. And I'm your co-host and the guy who is competing with Ray Charles in a shooting contest this year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to get smoked. (laughs) Ray is going to wear you out. That's all I can say. (laughs) Ray Ray would be disappointed in my shooting ability right now. Man. That's awesome. So, so for the listeners who don't follow my misery on Instagram, I've admitted to what's happened so far on there once. I have I've missed a lot of turkeys this year. Yeah. Uh 
And so it has been a deal of this is the best season I've ever had as far as calling up turkeys to 40 yards in the, in the month of March, but also the worst season I've ever had as far as shooting. So I've missed five gobblers this year already, which is like 10 years worth of misses. And it's yeah. been tough, but I kind of had a reset the other day. I took off on a Monday and did not go hunting. It was after my a, a consecutive misses on Saturday and Sunday that were unexplainable and took off on Monday. And anyway, I had a lot of revelations. I ended up driving through accidentally an area of Tennessee that's been destroyed by tornadoes, you know, houses down everywhere. And then went to another area and there was a guy in a hostage situation the police had to reroute me because there was this hostage situation and in this tiny town in Tennessee is crazy, but they ended up bringing in a sniper and killing the, the guy. Wow. Um, anyway, I go through all this and it was kind of like an eye opening experience for me of like, cause I was pretty mopey, you know, down really in the negatives. I try to always be positive, but I was pretty negative because I missed five freaking turkeys. Yeah. And after that day, I was like, you're getting upset about missing turkeys. Like, these people have lost their homes, and those two people were just held at gunpoint all day. You got it pretty good, man. And so it helped me get back in a positive mindset, and I killed one the next day. Yep. So how about that? Yep. Well, I'm glad that you broke the streak because, you know, <laughs> you look at athletes, professional athletes, and how streaky they get sometimes, and... You know, I think we all get in our own heads and at times we become our own worst enemies. And so oh, yeah. I think you were getting to that point to where you were becoming your so own worst enemy. I was so deeply in my head. Yeah. I was, I was so deep in my head, man. So I've got a new shotgun, new shells. I've done everything. And after my experience with the tornado and stuff, I came home and I changed all the stuff and I said, you know... I'm going to put on the exact stuff I wear every day. I'm going to take the same calls and I'm going to go kill a turkey. It's not the stuff, yep. you know, and I got back in the right mindset and I heard a turkey gobble and I made it freaking happen. And I didn't miss. And I was calm, cool, and collected. It was like I got back to my normal self. I think I was in a rush this season to start, to be honest. Yeah. And that's just how life is right now, man. You know, like work and having a one-year-old and everything, I'm just always rushed in places, and I just had to calm down, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think I'm back. We'll see. I'll probably miss one tomorrow, but <laughs> it'll be okay if I do, you know? <laughs> I hope the good Lord gives you a chance to miss one tomorrow. That's it. And, you know, that's the other part of it that I've thought about now. I'm like, I mean— I had five turkeys and within 40 yards that I missed. I mean, is that something to be disappointed about? Like I got five turkeys within 40 yards of me. That's pretty dead gum good. Like I should yeah. be proud of that, you know, regardless. And we got some meat now cause I killed one. So we're not going hungry. So that's helpful. <laughs> but which of your 20, you know, give me your top five of your 20 guy who is, I want to. <laughs> All right. The guy who marked off a new state. A tough one at that. Mm -hmm. A guy who got skunked in a state that if you had told me 20 years ago I was going to go to this state and get skunked, I would have thought, eh, you know, maybe. But if you told me Not 20 years you, ago, though. 
Yeah, if you told me 20 years ago that all three of us would go to this state and get skunked, I would have laughed you off of the planet. (laughs) There's no way all Mm. three of us are going to go to this state and get skunked. Well, it happened, so got to go back there. Not a big deal. And the guy who just royally messed up a hunt day before yesterday (laughs) with a turkey at 35 yards... But Mm. I did not fire a shot because I just did not feel good. You know, I I never felt like I had the turkey that I was going to make an ethical shot. Yeah, could have been. If you wound him, then it's over forever. Oh, gosh, man, I would have been sick. But now I get to hunt him again. So, you know. Which you did today. Yes, indeed. So. Yeah, so there are worse things. Let's see. So that's three. The guy who... (laughs) is absolutely loving some of the turkey calls, the new calls he got this year. Oh, yeah. And... Unicoi. Yep. And let's see, number five. Holy cow. Thank God, once again, the guy who has been completely slammed at work, like snowed under, not able to breathe. Hence, last week's week off with... Yeah. Being gone on a trip hunting and every single spare second where I was not hunting, having to be involved in work, it just was too much. And so, you know, part of me wants to apologize because it's just who I am. And Cameron and I love doing this show. So, you know, we love bringing you the content. But then the other part of me is like, I was on a hunting trip that I had planned for over a year. Yeah. I mean. I'm not apologizing. (laughs) I think our listeners will understand when I say this. Andy and I are turkey hunters first, career people second, and third podcast hosts. You know, so sorry this goes behind our our hunting obsession and our careers, but it just happens to fall that way. So we do our best to get good quality content out weekly, and we took a week off. So part of we know that. You guys listening to the show are the same as us, so we know you understand. So, you know. Yeah. He was on a big trip and got a kill in one state and then weather-driven struggles in a second state. And so that that caused a delay in getting the show out. But I'm with you, man. I went to the state that you and your boys did not kill in last year. You know, and when I went, I had, you know, lows in the 40s and highs in the 70s, bluebird sunny, no wind, perfect conditions, and and it was A plus, you know. But y'all just got screwed due to the weather, in my opinion. And, you know, that's one thing you can't control. No, nope, part of it. So it's all good, man. You know, it's like what you just talked about. I'm alive and I'm going. I mean, I, I have a hard time finding anything negative to say about that so and i get to go back to a beautiful state absolutely so yes you do it's all good and uh i, I might have to go with you i mean this next round just because you sounds like y'all need some help and i just you'd have to really twist my arm to go back there <laughs> so <laughs> you almost really and truly have to twist mine to go back after the experience yeah. we had <laughs> you, you say that seriously i'm over here like i'm i'm dying to go back i told audrey I was like, that's a trip i want to do every year like <laughs> yeah yeah i can totally see that though <laughs> we get back there on the right year you're gonna be you're gonna like what you see 
Yeah, yeah. Well, but I've got some bad news, though. We got a cool episode today. Do what? I said I've got some bad news to share. Uh-oh. I don't want any bad news. What's up? We are 31 days, 23 hours, 42 minutes, and 17 seconds away from the end of spring turkey season in Alabama. Wow. I don't know why. That just hit me like a ton of bricks. 31 days. So Yeah. That, all right, that settles it. I'm not missing. I missed today because of the rain, but I'm, I'm not missing any more days. I don't care what it is. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I had that feeling already this year, and my season at home hasn't even started yet due to this delay. Mm-hmm. But I already feel like I'm halfway through the year, man. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. It just feels like it's already over. Like, It absolutely flies by. God, I hate it. Another yeah. nine months drag. Yeah, they do. Yes, well, they do. So you get thirty-one days. Make yeah. the most of it. You know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy every second of it. That's for sure. But yeah, Absolutely. you're right. We do have a heck of a good episode. We have. Yes, we do. Clayton Worrell on with us today. We're going to talk about some ways that we can take better harvest photos of our turkeys. And yeah, hopefully you know, lots of guys are, are needing advice in this category right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a big deal. And, you know, I went a long period of time, a lot of years, just taking turkey selfies. And, you know, that was cool. But there's a lot of turkeys that I killed during that time period that I don't have good photos to reflect mm. back on and say, oh, yeah, that was the bird that did whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the hunt where I whatever. And so because all it is is basically a turkey's head in my head in the picture, and I can't tell the difference between one or <laughs> number 81. So I thought you were going to say you couldn't tell the difference between one or the other. Uh, well, turkeys and I have about the same amount of hair on our head. So... <laughs> I can oftentimes get, oftentimes get us confused in the pictures, for sure. <laughs> but Well, Clayton, yeah. Clayton's good. Uh, you know, a lot of y'all might recognize Grizz Hawk on Instagram or whatever social media. I don't know if he does you know, the TikToks or the Facebook or whatever, but he's got some incredible photography of living turkeys. So we get into that as well as your harvest photos and some ideas for you guys there. Yeah. What do you think? So let's get in there and do it, man. All right. See you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have on the phone with us today Clayton Worrell. Did I pronounce your last name correctly, Clayton? That's very good. You did it very well. All right. Boy, Andy. Yeah. I get, well, I get one check mark in the plus column, and I've already got two (laughs) check marks in the negative column with Clayton, but we're not going to get into that now. So. Those of you who are on social media probably already know Clayton. You just don't know that you know Clayton because his handle on Instagram is not his name. But I thought it was his name. I thought it was a sick name. Grizz Hawk. Yeah, that's a pretty I cool mean, name. That is sick. I was like, my gosh, this guy's got a name. Like he, He's got to have some Native American descent with his name like Grizz Hawk. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah <laughs> but i bet there's a really good chance that 
a lot of the people who listen to this show follow you on social media or have seen some of your work on social media. And, you know, we wanted to, Cameron and I wanted to get you on the show to talk about what you do, which is photography. And, you know, I was telling you before we started recording that, you know, it's not like we... It's not like it's going to be the end of the world. It's not like it's going to cost us the expense is going to be that we'll never kill another turkey in our lives if we don't take good pictures. But to be able to have a really good-looking photo of a wild turkey to make that bird look like the king of the woods that he is when he's when when we've he's paid the ultimate sacrifice for a hobby for us, you know, I think we owe it to the bird. And so I've seen some really bad pictures out there, not just on social media, but I had two texted to me from one of my really good hunting buddies, and they were just terrible, terrible pictures. The quality of them, there was zero thought that went into prepping the bird before the picture to framing the picture properly and you know, I, Cameron and I both felt like, hey, this is a good opportunity right now because people are hunting and they're harvesting birds. This would be a great opportunity to have someone on the show who can help us get the best quality pictures that we can get. And it doesn't take that much longer to take a good picture than it does a really crappy picture like the two I got a week ago. So, yeah. You know, I think maybe a, a, a big part of that is I think people just get wrapped up in the excitement and uh, mm-hmm. you just really don't take the time to sit down and take that picture, think it through. And trust me, I, as a photographer, I mean, I, I spend nights in bed thinking about situations like that, what I would do, how I can, you know, make that picture. I mean, you're basically talking about a harvest picture. Or, and, yeah. um, and to be honest, I don't do a lot. I mean, I have a lot of people call me and say, hey, you know, if I shoot a bird or I shoot a deer, can you come take a picture of that? And I would love to do that to every person that calls me but right. <laughs> you know in in the spring i'm in the field planting and in the fall i'm combining so i i rarely get that opportunity and i mean actually unless it's myself which i have to take the picture of myself and i've already had a lot of pre-planning and thought process into that but for me i really think that i mean first of all it has to be a tasteful image i am so tired of seeing people with duck feet in their mouth or duck bills in their mouth so yeah i mean i don't know i mean i don't know if guys really think about how you know they want to take a picture not after they're fortunate enough to be able to take a turkey or a deer i mean i think that's always an afterthought but you know to me i mean lighting is a big thing but you know you can't always control that but to me personally i kind of like the i like images that kind of reflect or can capture possibly the feeling of you reflecting back on that hunt you know i I just i I like those kind of images and uh you know also this isn't a football picture i mean you're 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 it's okay for you to smile on these pictures (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know uh but i mean to me i like you know if if i want somebody to take a picture of me with an animal and have it be tasteful i i kind of like them images more when you're at ground level you know get that lower perspective and um you know, I say just do whatever you can to be able to honor and respect that bird. I don't know. Then birds hanging by their heads. I don't, you know, off a or with a rope around their neck. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm just. It's I guess if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. I'm not. 
I mean, I just, like I said, it's the older I get, the more I, I just, I like those tasteful pictures and I like for people to show respect to the game that they harvested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good, now do you turkey hunt Clayton? I do actually ours, my season. We got, I got a nephew that's going to hunt here in on Friday. So All right. uh, I'll be a part of that hopefully. And then my season will start on Monday. I'm going to go first season. I try to go on the, I always try to go first season just because like I say, I'll be in the field for the rest of the seasons up here in Iowa. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm fair. And to be honest with you, I'm fairly new at this at turkey hunting. I think I've only been doing it probably, you know, time kind of gets away from you, but maybe only 10 years or so. I had a buddy that kind of got me into it. And once I did it, we went the first time and that's what I was like, man, I really take pictures of these. And that's kind of all she wrote from there. So yeah. <laughs> I spend a, they're by far my, my favorite thing to chase. And they're by far the most frustrating thing I chase. And uh, I just, I love it. Every aspect of it through and through. Absolutely. Well, before we talk, uh, that was a good precursor to the picture talk, but I, I think Andy might want to play a game with you before we get in in depth on picture taking. All right, let's do it. So we kind of queued Clayton up about doing the rapid fire Q and A. So we're gonna jump in and do this. Let me get my phone and and turn on the timer and the stopwatch, I should say. And Clayton, the way this works is. I'm going to read the questions as quickly as my slow southern drawl will let me read them. And you give your preference, your answer, and we'll move on to the next one. I'm going to start the, the stopwatch when I start the very first question. And then when the last one is answered, I will stop it and we'll compare your time to see if you can beat the smoking fast time from Michael T. Simpson of 2 minutes and 13.96 seconds. All right. <laughs> so that was two Southern boys doing the rapid fire Q&A. So I've, I've got, I think you've got a leg up on this competition already. <laughs> All right. Well, I have no idea what these questions are going to be. So this will be interesting. All right. And... Pass is an acceptable answer because, uh, you know, some of these you may not have have done. You know, you may not have hunted okay. all these different birds, but we'll get into it. So, okay. wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? Neat. Number of grand slams? Zero. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. Have you ever killed a jake? No. Successful 10-minute... Hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour-long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Successful. Uh, the, fir the, the first question. Okay. Favorite camo pattern? Ooh, I am I am with Sitka right now because of winning the Diverge contest in the last couple of years. All right. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? <laughs> I haven't eaten them, so I'm going to say for the dog right now. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. State you killed your first turkey in? Iowa. The state you killed your last turkey in? Iowa. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Sit in a blind. Rios or Osceolas? Mm, I, Osceola. Osceolas or Easterns? Eastern. Easterns or Merriams? Mm, that's a, I'd like to do a Merriam, but I'm going to stay with Eastern because that's my home burden. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? <sighs> woods. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Beads. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Leather. 
Favorite place you've ever hunted? Uh, Beanfield, Iowa. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? One. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? One. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Is that Iowa? Yep. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? I'd sure like to be good at a purr. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Favorite turkey hunting book? I don't haven't read a lot, but I'm right now. I'm going to go with uh, Hunter Farrier's uh, last two books. I do have those, and I have read those. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? Uh, it originally started with my dad. We didn't do a whole lot of it, so I'm going to say my buddy Ron. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? No. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Uh, I'm going to say with, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with beards because I just, like I say, I'm fairly new to this and uh, I didn't really know a whole lot about spurs. But if I was going to say, if you'd ask me this question in a couple of years, it'd be spurs, but right now I'm going to go with beard. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Reaping. How long does turkey <laughs> season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? <laughs> I hope it's only a week. And I hope it's only one. That way you have something to look forward to every year. <laughs> I like that answer. That's I new. Like it too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that the answer we get on that question, the most consistent, most common answer we get is indefinitely and no bag limit. But <laughs> I'm kind of like you. You know, I feel like there needs to be a downtime to appreciate the uptime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we so. got to hunt ducks at some point, too, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got I some Iowa deer that. up here that need to be looked at, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's we're, we're going to give you honorable mention on that because we got nailed by a, technic, a technicality, and the time, I just stopped the timer about three-quarters of the way through it at two minutes and 36 seconds, but... <laughs> We're giving you an honorable mention on this because, well, you, you get did a good. You can't help trophy. that the technology messed it up. Yeah. All right. They send him the participation trophy. Everybody gets those anymore, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the world we live in. You, everyone yeah. wins. Yeah, exactly. That was a, a solid effort. Clayton will cut out the technical difficulties, but just so everybody knows, there were some. So the, the timer may not reflect the true. <laughs> Grizz hawk effort that was given <laughs> but so you also i've noticed on your page which your photography is like some of my favorite and i have a question specifically about one picture that i i imagine has got to be one of your most popular ones and it's the one of the gobbler's face it's like half of his face, and he's I like knew, right there. I knew, I knew that was coming. Oh. All right. How did you get that photo, and is that a wild turkey? Yes, it's a wild turkey. And so I have recent. well, last year I recently purchased a 500-millimeter prime. That image is cropped in quite a bit. But, you know, when you got a 500-millimeter prime, you know, so what, I mean, what does that mean in uh, in non-photographer terms, like big time zoom? Yeah, yeah, it means expensive. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, um, you can, I would hope so. You can literally see his like ear hairs in the photo. Yeah. So, so he's he's close, right? And actually, but it, it is also it is cropped in quite. Now I wouldn't say quite a bit, but it's zoomed in enough. 
And I'm going to be honest with you. When I took that picture, uh, you know, it just, to me, it just is what it is. And for some reason I thought, well, it's one of them things where it's kind of running out of pictures. So I posted it and I was blown away by the response to that picture. And I mean, I get down to, so I went down to Nashville this year for the, and I had a booth and I was just selling some prints yeah. down there. I mean, everybody that came in, they just walked right to that picture and they just stood in front of it and they just stared at it. And Dude, it's I, the look in that turkey's eye, like <laughs> he's angry or something. Like he just looks like he's about to rip a gobble and then run the other way or something. Like he's just mad. I, I don't know. I mean, if I'd have known like what that picture would have, I mean, what people say that that picture means to them, like I would have made that picture as large as possible. And that would have been the only picture on my back wall to boot. It was <laughs> just, actually, um, well, you have a cool, cool one too that I've noticed similarly. It's of a, I'm guessing mid gobble really close up where literally like you can see the turkey's tongue and like, yeah. So that was, I guess, another one of the, that same the same situation where he basically had turned and I'd taken that picture. And I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even know I had taken that picture. I mean, that's like probably two years old. And I was just kind of going through some of my old cards and I come across it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I just, you know, threw it up on social media. Again, people were like, oh, you know, I like that. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Mike Chamberlain was like a pretty big advocate of that picture for me, which really helped kind of take off. Um, he used that quite a use that for some of his Turkey Tuesday posts. He actually, actually, most of the people, I shouldn't say most, a lot of the people that came into my booth had gone to Mike Chamberlain's seminar that morning. And they're like, Oh, that's because he, that's the picture he used in his uh, presentation. And he had come over that basically before the show even started. And I finally got to meet him in person. We talked a little bit and I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, he's always like, this is what I start off with. And like this image means, you know, this to me. And it just, it just speaks to what we need to work towards, you know, as a community to protect these birds. And I was like, man, it was just awesome, you know, to be able to have somebody like that, to be able to, again, kind of push that picture for me. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I like kind of saw it and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like the, <laughs> it's something about his eye. Like, yeah. <laughs> he like I don't know. I, I guess I've never seen a, a living turkey's eyeball up that close, but my gosh, what a menacing look he has. Yeah, it's uh yeah. You know, so it's it's funny too. Like I said this was one of my kind of my Passover pictures, but then once you see people drawn to that, you start looking at it again, you're like, Yeah, you know what, that's pretty cool. And yeah, I see what I yeah. see what people are getting out of it, you know. No, yeah. I, but for me, the biggest satisfaction was again people seeing it in person. And like, I, I kid you not, like it was just like a beeline right to that picture, and they just—it was like an, it was a, like it's weird interaction between the picture and the person. They were just they just stare at it, and they just stare at it for a couple seconds, and they finally turn and, and then they, they start asking me questions. Like they, that was just a moment that they had with that picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, there's <laughs> something about it. It's just a different. It's not like your normal turkey photo i mean there's some beautiful photos obviously out there of strutters and things like that but mm -hmm. like that's a perspective you don't ever see i guess so it i guess that's why it's so interesting to people so i'm glad that you, you as a, like, i'm glad you said that so like for me I, i've always said like you know you and i have all seen a thousand pictures of turkeys what makes a turkey image stand out 
And I had made a post about that not too long ago, you know, and I, I tagged a bunch of professional photographers. I was like, what do you look at? I mean, even the general public, like, what do you look for in the turkey pictures? And the feedback was amazing on that. And I, I always try to strive to, like, for me, I have a, a journal. And when I came back from Nashville, let me go back. I have a journal for every day I go out, I mean, temperature, what I see, first gobble, when I think they're on the ground. Um, oh, wow, cool. It, it, and it's fun to look back and see, you know, what similarities there are between for year to, from year to year. But I also have my goals, which I was glad that I went down to this, the NWTF uh, conference or convention because I was surprised at what people kind of like, you know. Um, yeah, that's true. And all that stuff down. And so for me to go out this year, I'm like, this is some of the stuff that I'm looking for. And I was surprised at the amount of people that actually wanted hen pictures. And huh. so, and, and that's, so that's something I'm kind of striving for, but, but also, I mean, like I say, getting back to, we've all seen a thousand pictures of turkeys. What makes your pictures different? And you know, I, I kind of pride myself on looking for those in between moments, I guess, maybe between a gobble, the, between a strut, just little subtleties that make a, a little bit of a difference to something maybe you haven't seen before. So now yeah. whether or not I'm accomplishing that, but I'm striving for that, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about like live turkey photos. Cause I mean, we may have some listeners who want to photograph, you know, the living turkey before they shoot him mm-hmm. and how that, like, when is your prime turkey photography season? Because I've noticed a lot of your photos have snow in them. Like, do you just kind of, are you opportunistic when you're like, oh, hey, they're feeding in this field that I can use. Now's the time to go get photos. Or is it just kind of when you have time from work? Or do you have a certain time of year where you're like, this is prime time photo time? Okay. So I have, my calendar says on March 15th, that's when I go. Um, that gives me basically a month and a half before everybody else is in the woods calling turkeys. And at that point, they're starting to get a little active. If you kind of go through my social media pages or my portfolio, you will see that most of my pictures are darker images, a lot of brown tones. You don't see a lot of spring colors in my pictures because I am there before that happens because for two reasons the, the number one reason is i'm in the field i don't have that time secondly is i just i'm there because i want to be there before everybody else is out calling and messing with these birds and fortunately for me since i've been doing this i've gotten a lot of people on board i would say neighbors um permission so it works out pretty good for me right because i can go to the neighbors i can go here i can go there and i can basically yeah. educate educate those birds and leave my my birds alone yeah. <laughs> around you know so but but that, again that's i mean it's just because of farming i i try to get out as early as i can i actually i was thinking about this when you today um i i do really enjoy winter pictures with the snow which i knew going into down going down nashville for the first time try to sell some images that would be a hard sell right because that's not really what you guys probably picture when you see turkeys but I, I like that, and that's it's not really a, that's not an interactive type situation though. That's more of a sit and wait, and there's a there's a sense of calm and quietness to those pictures. Um, I do I mean my winters are you know February, uh, January, and December. They're they're kind of they're a little bit slower here on the farm, so I do have that time to go out. But I do know 
when I see snow forecasted, I'm heading to the timber and I'm waiting on them birds. I just, I love a snowfall picture, um, like I said, which isn't your stereotypical turkey picture, but I do personally enjoy those. Um, but I, I so I have, uh, I've gone out, I think nine or 10 times already this spring. And I have been, I've had zero success rate. Uh, and I am, it's very, very frustrating to me at this point. Um, looking back again at my journal, I've already had three or four successful encounters last year at this point. And actually some of my favorite pictures I've taken were uh, 20 days ago already from last year. And I, to be honest, I was pretty down and out today. Um, it's like, what am I doing wrong? what i mean what's kind of what's going on basically and, I, and cam i just watched your story on uh on uh instagram and I, I, I tell you what it made me feel a hell of a lot better about you know you're down and out missing five birds but then again you know you've been rerouted and all that situation you've gone through and again those kind of things make you step back and realize hey you know what it's a matter of for me it's just a matter of time it's gonna happen you just gotta put your time in and you know something will happen just you know i don't know it's yeah. been frustrating but you guys got to stay positive and you know eventually it's going to it's going to work out that's exactly right it's you know i i had a hunt this morning that did not end the way that hunters want it to end but i could not have had a better hunt and though the ending of it may have been frustrating which was essentially me spooking this turkey before i got a shot at him and i did not take a a running shot as the bird was running off or anything but as frustrating as that was you can't not enjoy what led up to that and then Mm -hmm. on top of it you can't get in your head you know they're not all going to work out you're going to miss some birds I, i i really hate to say it but it's just fact we're going to wound some birds and we're going to spook some birds before we get a shot, but we just have to keep going and know that, hey, this is this is all going to work out. You know, it's like my dad says, and he's not the one who coined the phrase, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey that makes the trip. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think once we as hunters learn to enjoy that journey more, we start to enjoy hunting and everything else that we do in life a little bit more as well. So, yeah, we, we can't yeah. get down on ourselves, not at all. But it, it's easy yeah. to do, but we have to just pull ourselves back out of that slump, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and I've kind of, I've always kind of told myself, too, it's like, look, I mean, I don't know when you can coin yourself as a professional photographer. I never consider myself that, right? I, I have some publications. I've sold quite a few prints. But, you know, that's not my source of income. I don't have to be published. I don't have to sell prints. I I do this because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy being in nature. I love capturing them little moments. Um, So I always try to tell myself that you don't have that pressure. So leave that off you. But, but, you know, I I have built quite a following and people do, I guess, expect a certain degree of uh, pictures from me, I guess. So there is that little pressure on the side. So like I say, if I've been out 10 times already, I'm looking back saying, God, I've already been successful at this point last year so many times. What is going on here? Yeah. But, you know, I say it's it's something I do for fun. And I, I need to take a step back and realize that it is what I do for fun. I need to not let those pressures get to me because, like I said, you put your time in, eventually it will work out. And, you mm-hmm. know, and I guess kind of maybe the what I – 
have learned from photography is I, I actually enjoy doing that more than I do hunting. And I think because you, it's more of an intimate moment where you're not going to pull the trigger. So you're just an, an observer. And that time that you're there lasts longer than when you pull that trigger. Um, so I said, I've, I've really have kind of, you know, maybe I'm getting a little softer in my older age too. I don't know, but I just, I just, I enjoy that. And I find myself when I'm hunting turkeys that, you know, if you got a bird coming in and you're working and that bird's working, man, I, I want that to last as long as it possibly can before I want to pull the trigger. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it, sometimes it's hard to pull that trigger because, I mean, it's just, it's really just awesome to watch. And that's, and, you know, and that just boils down to that's why turkeys are my favorite thing to photograph because you get that interaction. Oh, yeah. And, and that's just, I mean, when you can, when you can get that bird to strut, drum, and spit, and you know, gobble, do all, do all that stuff in front of you. I mean, there is no better show to me than that. And you know, so yeah. that's, like I say, that's kind of what keeps me going every every morning I possibly can get out. That's what, I mean, there's always that possibility that that's going to happen. So, and I'm up and I'm going. Yes, indeed. What it's all about, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the photos that we take after the kill. So okay. what would you do or recommend that, that we hunters do to prepare the bird to look as good as it can possibly look in one of those harvest photos? Well, I'm going to, I mean, there's some simple things, right? I mean, if you're an archer and you decapitate a bird, I don't want to see that, you know, yeah. uh, give me, you know, sit next to it, give me a nice colorful breast color. Um, or, you know, give me, uh, let me see the worn down draggers, you know, the wings that he's got, uh, you know, just, or, you know, this bird, that, all that kind of stuff. I like to see that, but, but if you've got a nice bird, I mean, I've seen some, uh, you know, it's, it's a very tough question because I'm still trying to figure out what is the perfect, we'll call it harvest picture. I mean, I don't know if I've, I've seen one, but I guess, again, it just goes back to, I mean, let's, let's put that bird in a respective, uh, position and uh, like I say, give it a nice smile. <laughs> give it a smile. And um, I, well, I, I can tell you that if you have a horizon, get on top of that hill and get a nice background in it. That makes for a very nice picture. Yeah. If you're, uh, I, I, I do like, uh, if you're down south and you've got some Spanish moss on some of them oak trees, man, make sure you incorporate that. Incorporate the habitat in which that bird came from. Uh, That's I guess, a great uh, point. Um, like Cam was saying, I mean, Try to capture the journey to that, to where you ended up. Um, and, and that can be very hard to do, but I mean, if you just take a little bit of time, I mean, it, I mean it's no different than me taking pictures of, of a live bird. I mean, I may take 500 pictures in the morning, maybe three of them bird pictures are good. So take a lot of pictures. And, you know, at, I guess at that point too, once you've harvested that bird, I mean, you've obviously got a little bit of time. So take some pictures, take different angles different positions and pick out that best one that you like yeah um, yeah i really like the point you made about the habitat he was in because i've started doing that in previous years and like the main reason i want a photo of the turkey isn't for other people it's for me you know mm -hmm. and when i go look at the photo and it's in the place where i harvested that bird like i can go back there almost like oh yeah he was in the hardwood tent you know or he was in the pines yeah. or he came out of that field or you know whatever it is whereas you know you go 
take him home and flop him out on the driveway, it doesn't really set the tone for you. <laughs> yeah, right. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, try to try to take a picture where you can look back and you can remember every detail of that hunt. And and say, and you're exactly right. I mean, when when I was younger, you take a picture of a deer in the back of a pickup truck. Nah, that that don't that doesn't cut it anymore. I mean, that's all right if that's just something you want to have. But I mean, if you really want a a nice picture, I mean, like if I have a deer, I'm gonna look for that horizon picture where you can silhouette its rack. And, you know, you can see every aspect of it because those are just small things you got to think of. I mean, it's very easy to lose all them details in heavy cover or with the shadows and that kind of stuff. So just just be mindful of, you know, of the area that you're in. And uh, I don't know, I'd say this, I think just basically having a tasteful picture, it means more than anything. And yeah. It seems like we're just under such scrutiny anymore. I mean, so many people post so much so many dumb things and just i feel like the eye is upon us and we just we as a community really need to take notice of that and be very diligent and being respectful yeah i mean what you post on there can end up in somebody's search bar who you know doesn't care to see that and like you said i mean you're a hunter you you enjoy and we enjoy killing things you know that's part of the game but like i don't want to see a decapitation photo you know like that's not the goal yeah and right. you know, I, I've also I've shot turkeys at very close range. You know, I hit one out of ten of them. But when I do actually hit one of them, and it's kind of a bloody mess, that's not the focal point of the photo. You know, right? That's more of a tuck a head under and show the fan. Yeah, or... I, I usually typically will kind of clean up best I can and get a little bit taller grass or something and do a fanned out laying down photo, like where he's fully laid down fanned out. You can't tell, you know, you can't really see the head at that point. Yeah. I, I will tell you that I, uh, I do, and this is getting back to an environmental picture. I, a lot of, so I'll kind of make this a two part. A lot of my pictures now that I have this bigger lens, are a little bit closer, so you're not seeing a lot of the habitat in my pictures. So, I, and I run a lot of decoys because I want that interaction with the decoys because that just gives me a little bit more time for them birds to be in front of me. So that I'm, now I'm instead of having them decoys where I have had them in the past at like 20 yards, now I've got them decoys out at 40 yards. I'm trying to get more of that habitat. So now getting back to a harvest picture, and I really like them a little bit further away pictures. Um, I, you know, and, and that kind of, that kind of goes back to man, if you've got a nice backdrop, use it because uh, yeah. you, you said you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to, you know again I can pinpoint exactly where I shot that bird, and you know shit that's the tree I was leaning against. I mean I, I that, that I really like that kind of stuff, and uh, and so just get down a little bit, get back, and I said I'm lower perspectives. You know, get your buddy on his all fours are on his elbows and take that picture. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, well, I'll say here, I mean, straight on or, you know, a little bit elevated picture looking down on you. I, I'm not a huge fan of those. Yeah. You asked me about the camel pattern and I, I was talking about, you know, I'm wearing sick now because I've been part of that diverge contest. Um, I really don't care what anybody wears for camel camouflage. I think it's kind of irrelevant, but um, I yeah. do think that they have done really well with the, with um i want to say that with helping the photography community the hunting photography community i think they've done very well 
trying to think outside the box. I mean, like I said, I've spent at night, I can't sleep because I'm writing down ideas of what I'd like to try to do. And I think that's, I, mean, I think that's awesome. And yeah. um, if anybody's listening to this uh, podcast that wants to take pictures, I mean, anytime that you can think about how you want to take a picture rather than just do it in the moment, I think that will help you quite a bit. Um, again, you'll, you'll start thinking about different perspectives. You'll start thinking about, you know, your environments and how you want to capture that image. And uh, I mean, I think I say, I think a little bit of pre-thought going into it will make your pictures better. Yeah. Yeah. As far as uh, do you use an iPhone or Samsung device or something else? Flip phone, Blackberry, Razor. <laughs> I use a Samsung, and I get so much from my friends. I just, uh, it's unbelievable. Like, why well, you and Andy are in the same boat. <laughs> I'm like, because I don't know, man. It's just, it, I that's what I've always used, and that's what I know how to use. And I had a kid down at, uh, kid down at uh, that convention. He's like, you, you, you photographers, or you artists with your Samsungs? I don't get it. And I'm just like, that's just the way it is, man. So <laughs> better pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know. I I personally don't ever. I mean, I take some pictures of my kids, you know, random stuff on my phone. But I mean, everything. I always have one of my cameras with me of some sort of thing. It just I was, for me. I guess I was like, curious. Yeah. You know, like with phones, they allow you to edit the photo, and I didn't know if there was anything a tip or something. You know, for editing photos of your harvest picture or to, you know, maybe increase the lighting or colorations, or is there anything like that with just typical guy could do on his phone to edit the photo a little bit better? Not uh, talking, not talking, getting it into the computer and all that stuff. <laughs> well, you can, you can get Lightroom uh, mobile from Adobe. That's uh, I think I pay like eight bucks a month or something like that. Seven bucks a month, but I have all that editing software. So I don't ever mess with, I guess, I don't know any random stuff i don't know if like being on samsung if i get into my gallery if I, I think i can do a little bit of editing but for me it's a lot of i use lightroom i use photoshop um a little bit and i and for me that's just kind of adjusting the contrast adjusting the shadows and um, maybe the temperature a little bit of the picture and i typically shoot my pictures a little bit darker so I usually will have to bump up my exposure a little bit. And also I shoot in RAW as opposed to JPEG. So I've got a lot more um, data to mess with. Yeah. But I guess that's not really answered your question. Um, I'm sure there's stuff out there a guy can download for free. And I'm sure that, you know, you can just put your picture in and it says, uh, you know, what is the best thing, best situation for this picture to look in. You can just push a button and it happens. Um, I do all my stuff manually. So, um, actually, I went to school yeah. for it. So <laughs> that's, uh... I, I do feel like some people, like untrained, I guess, such as myself, I used to be guilty of this, over-edit their photos to where it's like, my gosh, that gobbler's head looks like a total rainbow. Like, it's, like, so yeah. bright and color, like, it, it, you know, unrealistically bright. That was fun. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I, I still think he should legally change his name to Grizz Hawk, but he's he's all right as Clayton Morrill. <laughs> Have you started to run through different names where you where you would possibly consider changing yours if you came up with something really cool like Grizz Hawk? I just don't think I'm creative enough to come up with something cool. You know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with my name currently because. 
I, here, here's a, a tidbit for the listeners they didn't ask for. I was presumed to be a female before birth, hmm. you know, and it was because my father overheard, they weren't going to find out, but he overheard a nurse say she just in passing and assumed he, she was talking about me. So they, he told my mom and anyway, they said, oh, we're having a girl. My room and everything was pink. And <laughs> do you know what these people were going to name me? These people being your parents. Please, yeah. Please tell me. My name was going to be Susan Carlton. Susan Carlton Weddington. That is correct. That's distinguished. So, by the, yeah, I don't know if they were going to go for Carly or Susie or what I was going to be. By the grace of God, I came out of mail, and <laughs> I am Cameron Weddington now. So <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is a story of the name. I almost was, so I'm just grateful to be the name I am. <laughs> so you're just going to stick with it. You're not going to change to... No, uh, I already was almost Susan Carlton. Yeah. I'm sticking with Cameron now. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that works. Yeah, there you go. They, they did repaint my room blue once I was born. I'll give them that. Uh, I'm not having any uh, gender issues at this stage. I'm, I'm confident where I am. You're pretty set in that, that uh, mark there. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with the the side of the aisle I'm on. All right. Well, so getting getting a little deep there on on my background, you know. But I don't, I don't even know how we got to this point. The photography session with Grizzhawk was great. I think he had some cool things to say. And and guys, y'all need to go check out if you don't know who that is. You haven't seen his work. Get on Instagram and look up Grizzhawk and check out the photos. They're he does deer as well, and you know he has other things, but he does a lot of turkeys, and they are some really tasteful photos, and just they're sick, to be honest. The one we really talked about a lot was the half of the gobbler's head that's very close up, and that picture is just sick. It truly is. Yeah. So hop on there, give him a follow, throw some likes on some of his uh, photos. And if you, you know, if you want to comment on one and be like, man, I heard about you on the Turkey Hunter podcast. Great stuff. You know, let him know you enjoyed it. Heck yeah. That's a good favor of the week unless you've got something else. No. Anybody's got any shooting tips, you know, send them my way. (laughs) Outside of that. (laughs) I'll give you one. That'll be the favor of the week. Let let Grizz Hawk know you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, then let's wrap this thing up so we can get in the woods in the morning. Yes, sir. Let's go get feel after him again. I'm I'm excited to see a picture from you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be ready to send you one. I'll just Come on go ahead and get it queued up right now and just click send after it happens in the morning. Good deal. Good deal. Wrap uh-huh. us up. Send me a pic in the morning. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, 
how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.